having that board with the old Roger Rick and Maryland labels on it, it's like, you know, it's, you're like trying to become, let's say a major league baseball player and you're, and you're throwing the ball around with, with, with Derek Jeter. This was kind of like, these are the best of the best. I'm seeing this on the board and I get to practice on this thing. Are you, are you kidding me? And, and to have that out of all the schools around me, I totally tried to be a sponge as much as I could keep that good attitude going. And luckily uh, you, you keep your, you know, cast a wide net of, of, of contacts and try and be in touch with as many like-minded people as yourself and, and people that want to grow. And, and thankfully I, I got my start through, through there by interning through the personalities I met uh, that, that stopped by and, uh, and one thing left led to another. And that was my, my starting point. I'd, I'd sometimes come back to that school, even when I was in college, just because I appreciated where everything came from the speakers from energy radio cbc donated some equipment i was using media touch already and 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 i'd go back and forth between high school and the college station because it was interesting i loved my college uh school and 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 the staff and and whatnot but but we had we were on the fm dial in high school and i was on the uh in in sort of like the the pa system in uh, around the um, the lunchroom in, in, in college. So were you at uh, Humber or Seneca? I was at Seneca and you know, I loved you did Seneca. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They all had great profs and everything was incredible there. And I got, and, and, and no I didn't, I didn't, teach I, liked, you, did I? I didn't teach you. Did I? You didn't teach me. No, 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 no. I was, I was at, I taught at Seneca for a couple of years. And, and so did I a few years back, which yeah, yeah. is interesting. Yeah. It's, it's when you, I know a few, when you sometimes in community college, they allow experience to sort of triumph, your, your educational papers. And I think that's, what's great about radio school. If you have like experience, I loved learning from those, uh, you know, guys like Tom Rivers, uh, you, you, the, the places that man's been, had been, it was immaculate. So to learn from him was incredible. I was just very blessed to go to Seneca and to have Vaughn secondary as like, as another practice tool. It's pretty great. So that like, so this is the podcast about change. Let's talk about the change you, you touched upon, it was interesting going from a high school, which is probably technically more advanced than your college was. You go there and you're, and you're, you're learning stuff at college. How did you, uh, how did you personally deal with that change going? You, uh, so like you're 15, 16, this communications programs in high school, it, you're like, oh, wow, I, I want to do radio. I grew up listening to radio. I was a radio kid. I loved it. And then you go, so you get it in high school, you get it in college. Um, so you finish your college. Did you finish the college program? Did you go through the I, whole thing? I did the, the whole thing. I was very, uh, very close to uh, trying to really, I, I didn't want to complain. I have a good attitude, but I was really getting burnt out at one point, but I, I kept, I kept pushing through and saying, you know what? It's just, you know, a few more months left to go because I just started practicing gratitude. I was like, I, I ended up doing overnights at Chum FM uh, while I was in school, which is incredible. At some schools, you're allowed to job out and you get your diploma automatically if something like that happens. But at Seneca, they didn't have that option. And I was in my... Um, so what do you mean? You're doing overnights at Chum FM, as in you're announcing at Chum FM overnights or operating? Announcing on the air overnight. One of the last live announcers overnights in Toronto. Is this, be this is before the Bell Astral or anything. This is still the Waters family? Yes, this is Chum Chum Limited. Yeah, like Chum, yeah. you know. Chum, How'd that happen? How'd you get in there? What, what like to talk about that change? How'd you get in there? 
so that was through thankfully Tom Rivers and I and I mentioned that in 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 chapter 5 in radio in, in the book that that Tom Rivers gave me my start at uh, at 19 luckily I I I you know I slipped him my tape I kind of said because back then when everything's on cassette I'm like any chance you can listen to this and I was very shy about it cuz this guy's a legend and and I didn't know if he had time but he's like yeah, listen, man, I'll pop it in, in, into the, in the car and I'll take a listen to it. And I'll get back to you. And thankfully one thing led to another, he, he was really impressed by it. Uh, and this was a, a demo tape. I got to give kudos to Rob Basile uh, and, and Tarzan Dan who helped me construct this demo. Uh, he, he loved it so much Tom Rivers that he took it to Rob Farina's office at, wow. uh, at Chum FM and said, well, you were looking for, you were looking for young talent. Uh, I've, I, here's this guy I found, wow. you know, found very, and so he gave me an opportunity. It was kind of like a, a trial by fire basis, almost like every show, every show's an audition anyway, when you're, when you're going into work, but this was like the real deal. Like, it, I mean, they're all the real deal, but this is like your first time you're going on Chum FM. You're going to yeah. be weekend overnights. And one thing led to an X where they liked it. I got to be the opening act for Roderick and Marilyn at 19, uh, at 19 20 years old and and then one thing led to you know the, the next that i was there for nine and a half months and then that's what, what paved the way to start going around uh the country and sort of like quote unquote writing your story in radio well i mean i think you know starting your story off doing overnights at chum fm in toronto was pretty damn good like I think that story started already at that point how did you so tell me about that how that felt like do you remember those those nights. So at first, actually, for somebody ask you this: Was Tom Tom Rivers wouldn't have been on the air at this point anywhere, was he? Um, he was teaching at, at Seneca. Is that what you're telling me? Like, yeah, he was he was teaching at Seneca at this point, and I think he was doing some uh, at the time. Oh, we're sorry, we're talking late '90s here, right? We're talking mid to late '90s. No, no, no. This is early 2001. So sorry, he oh, was so doing even later. Stuff. Yeah. 1050 chum i believe he would have been on 1050 okay fair enough yeah yeah yeah. he would have been 1050 on. and then like later on in radio school i'm trying to really wind back this is like 20 years ago yeah. uh so i started at uh yeah like at at, at 19 and then turned 20 um but essentially i have this article that came out that i was the youngest announcer to, to crack the microphone ever at, at, at Chum FM, apparently. That's what they told me. I was like, okay, but I don't, I don't have some big ego right. about that, but that's what they told me. And, and it could have gone either way. It could have been like, you stay there and see what the heck happens after nine and a half months and, uh, and, and see what happens. You're already, you're already at the number one station. Or I, I, I kind of went in the direction that Tarzan Dan sort of um, uh, recommended, which was work abroad go write your story come back and bring it to the to the big city kind of thing and, <sighs> and bring it back like it's not and it, i don't know i can't exactly recall uh, well I, I i think more so what what upped even writing the story writing your story more so was that i'm very much a lifestyle kind of guy like i need to i, I need to make mental health a priority and i don't care if you're doing overnights at 19 or 39 doing that to the body it was it was getting to be like and and it it it, tr it trumped the ego part of like oh my gosh you're the youngest guy on chum fm and you're on the number one radio station and i kept reminding myself that be grateful be grateful it's not forever and so that's what it more so was like 
If I can do something on somewhat of a schedule that's not overnights, I would be willing to go to a smaller market. But and that's kind of what led me to the next position, which was going to Waterloo Region to be uh, the evening jock at, at the beat for couple of years and did right. after drive fill in all that kind of yeah so but let me back up here you mentioned yeah. mental nope. health only because look and your and your book deals with it and we dealt with it i was your boss for almost a year i hired yeah. you so we and we talked about it and you were very open about it but this is in the last few years 20 years ago dude nobody was talking about mental health nope no nope. nobody was so were you aware of that you had at that point 20 years ago 2001 2000 whatever it was were you like physically, mentally aware that this, that, that not working a regular, like that overnights was, was taking a toll on your body and your mind. Is that, is that what you're saying? Like at 20 years old, you were aware of the fact that this, this was, this was actually hurting you. Uh, yes, because from a mental standpoint, but I wasn't, I wasn't fully aware what was going on. It's just, that I knew that what was happening was, how do you say it? depressing me more so like you know I was also like it's like saying like Justin Bieber 16 years old and he's going out touring everywhere and he's living this party life but he just wants to go spend the night with his friends kind of thing like he's 16 years old and he doesn't want to go on stage and 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 meet everybody and, and travel to different cities he just wants to be a regular kid sometimes and that's what it would feel like at times where I was like my Sunday mornings I was on the air 1 a.m to 7 a.m and everybody, and this was like in June, July, everybody's going to the beach. They're going, it's, it's the, the sun's rising to a 32 degree day in July. And I got to go to bed in the middle of the day. And I was, I was feeling that part of it. Mostly. I just wanted to still be that kid at 19 and 20. Like I, I, I wanted to live up to the expectations of being on chum and, and do that. But I felt very pulled in those directions, not sleeping properly, which gives you more, uh, anxiousness oh yeah no no of course yeah yeah the the lack of sleep is like i trust me as a guy who did i would be doing mornings with humble and fred three days a week and i'd be in the clubs on the weekends with martin streak for three days a week and i'd have one day off a week i know i gained like 50 pounds and i was like but i you know i mean i mean i i got through it in my own way and you got it through it in your own way so you took this job with the beat which would have been chorus entertainment at that time so you uh, wait. Oh, sorry. At that time, it was it was it was actually Can West in 04 to 06. Oh, OK. And then, and then and then and then Chorus bought it, I think, like a year or two after that. Right. OK. And, Apologies. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, no worries. No, I'm not trying. I'm just trying to let you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So you and, leave, um, you leave like like that's a huge, you know, I mean, again, like you said, you, you probably didn't identify it as mental health at the time. Right. Like because we didn't yeah. use that term. Right. Like right. You, you didn't identify it at that time. You just knew it didn't feel right. You're doing right. this job, which a lot of people would look at. Let's face it, as you know, even though you know, at in your early 20s, but it's a dream job. Like you're doing overnights on Chum FM. Like you said, you said it yourself, you're opening for Roger Rick in Maryland. You're working with the people who you are seeing you, the Rob Farinas. These are big names in the industry. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and I idolized all these people that I worked with. So in order to be successful, you have to make certain sacrifices. And, and that's what I did. But I did come to that boundary where I said to myself, okay, well, Tarzan Dan gave me this advice. I respect him very much. I also respect lifestyle very much. And uh, the lifestyle took over instead of ego saying, I, I have to be a Chum FM. No, I don't. I have to be sane and be a good uh, person. And if I can get back on a regular schedule and it means moving to a smaller town, I will do that because I just want to, 
I want to do this job. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with the, the overnights because it was, it was really taking a toll on me because I, I don't sleep that great to begin with. And I, and now I, and as the years go on, you realize what that is, which I can get to shortly, but yeah, well, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that for sure. I mean, yeah. and so, so the, yeah, essentially, you know, Chum, I'm so grateful for the opportunity and working with people that I still keep in touch with. I just saw uh, Amber pay the other day and, uh, and, and, you know, with social media now you, you keep in touch and see people's posts and sure, stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah. So it's good. It's, yeah, I, 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 I don't have any regrets. I was going to say, do you ever think about, because I know I would, do you ever think about what it would have been like to stick around and hang out with those people longer? Like I, I did, I, what I did is the opposite of you. I stayed and I, yeah. and I, and I stayed, I stayed with Humble and Fred as long as I could. Like I yeah, was, a lot I, of people, a lot of people do that. I think um, it, what you brought up was exactly right. I didn't know what was happening to me. We didn't talk about mental health as much back then. Yeah. So it just, um, you can just explain the symptoms. It's literally like, you know, this, you get the sweats, you get the uh, not sleeping as much. You don't know when to eat because you're overnights. And I was 19 years old, 20 years old, the, the fear. Right. And so yeah, yeah. all that was happening. And it's kind of like, like I said, that Justin Bieber scenario, or even like a, when you watch the movie rookie of the year, cause I'm a huge, you know, baseball, baseball guy. Yeah. Yeah. Rookie of the year. And you know, that scene where the kid that, He's only whatever he is, 15 years old, and he throws 95 miles an hour, and he's going to go 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 pitch for the Chicago Cubs. He can't go take a canoe trip with his three buddies because he's always on the road playing for the Cubs, and he's making these multi millions of of dollars. And um, I know we don't we don't make anywhere near that kind of kind of and money. But come on, Rob, this is just radio. There's not a lot of multi millions anymore. <laughs> no way, no There's chance. A few, a few here and there, but it ain't us. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know, man. And uh, so yeah, that's just kind of like the scenario I would. I would relate it to in the sense of uh, where your, your head's at and you feel like you're yeah. pulled in a different direction. You still want to be a teenager uh, when I was starting out, but, but I was so grateful for the, uh, for the opportunity. I don't have any, I don't have any regrets. And um, I, I wonder sometimes what could have happened, but at the same time, I don't, because I, when I was there, it, it would have been, I think, still a lot longer like what was i going to do five more years of overnights like when i when did ingrid schumacher retire i don't know 2014 or something she was retired but yeah hey, what? she was retired she didn't yeah. retire she was oh yeah. she they made her yeah they no. made her yeah right right um so yeah but she was there for another 14 years or something after i was there yeah, and yeah I, I guess you're right i guess you couldn't you can't spend all the time going oh man like what if what if what if right you made your decision you moved on and you moved on to go out to Kitchener, Cambridge, Waterloo, to the beat, um, 91.5, I believe, yeah. right? And, yeah. um, and then, uh, so you go out there to be evening announcer, is that what you said? Evening show announcer, yeah, at the beat in Kitchener. That was 04 to, to 06. And uh, that's where I really cut my teeth in the business. Like, learned from one of the best program directors I found ever in my, as far as a coach was concerned. Because uh, that's why I really feel like PD's, was that Scott Turner? Uh, well, I th he's great too, but he came afterwards. Okay. Uh, the first one was David Jones. David I Jones. Don't know Dave Jones. No. no. And so I don't think he's working now in radio, but he did for quite some time after I left too. But uh, he he was awesome for air checks and everything too. And and so if you can have a PD that's also a coach, that's the best kind of. So what we're supposed director. to do? Well, that's what we're supposed to do. I mean, yes, that's yeah. that's what I you know that's what we're supposed to do. You're the the, the coach of the coach, yeah, uh, the lead coach of the coaching staff, and and make sure that 
you know, everybody's doing their job, but, but do it in a, you do it in a way that's mindful of, of others. You don't, you know, you, you, you have constructive criticism with air checks. Like you were with me, we, you know, it's great. You just let me know what you need done or fixed. Nobody's perfect. And uh, yeah, our relationship yeah, that- was a little different. I mean, my, that position I had for those 15 months with bell was a little bit different because it was a, it was a contract, right? So like there yeah, was, yeah. It, I, I, I had, I did the three months of drive on 97.7 hits FM, which I loved. And then I had the 12 months of being the PD of those two stations of easy rock and K light, which they're no longer called that anymore. And, um, uh, and I loved it. And I brought you in because we, we, we needed somebody to come in. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to have had that opportunity and to be able to put those two big radio stations on my resume, to be completely honest. I feel oh, like, yeah. I, I feel like I could have done a much better job. Um, I'm very lucky to have had that opportunity. I, I feel like I could have been a lot better and I would be a lot better now, even given my experience there. Um, I, I am a better program director because of that time there, but that's, that's a whole other story. That's, that's, that's for the, uh, when I interview myself about change, um, well, don't sell yourself short. You were a, you're a good boss and a coach right. and, uh, and you, you know, you, again, you were in there for uh, the, uh, the time being an interim position. So you yeah. did what you had to do oh, and, thanks, uh, and obviously it paid off because now you're doing what you're doing now. So, yeah, no, I was very lucky to, uh, to have that contract end and within a couple months land where I am now back with chorus, who I started my career with, and we were talking about this right. off the air and it's, it's a great, yeah. com- it's just, it, it really is a great company. So let's, let's talk about, so you, so, uh, cause we are going to continue with the uh, theme of change here is yeah. uh, let's, let's talk about how you, so you go to Waterloo for a couple of years, you're doing evenings and then what happens? Um, and then after that, I, uh, I end up in, uh, where did I end up? I had this, this dream. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm such a dreamer. I, I, I love radio so much, but I, I, I pinpoint certain dreams throughout my life where it was like, I, I really wanted to work in British Columbia. I had this, uh, fixation of not even just working there, but, but living there. I just wanted to live the lifestyle of living in, in BC. And if, and the only thing that really could take me there was radio at the time. I, I sort of made a sideways move at that point, which uh, I, you know, I, a few people in the industry kind of told me I went from evenings to a networked midday show in the Okanagan Valley. So kind of like going to another medium market. You go to Kelowna? Market. Did you go to Kelowna? It's Kelowna. Because everybody and it, goes to Kelowna. If they go there, like Kelowna is this amazing radio breeding ground like so many people sun fm and all these stations throughout there that lived for a little bit they all so were you there is that where you went that's where i went was sun fm and it was great and it was uh it was uh you know a lot of great people came out of there someone that's doing mornings in vancouver now kevin kevin lim uh you know jj who was on flow for a long time morning uh went out there and it's a good breeding ground like you said some people love it that much that they stay out there you kind of have yeah, you know, it's it's a beautiful part of Canada. It just felt a little too far was what it uh, was what it was. But uh, it was a dream to just live that lifestyle for a bit. Go, you know, the, the hiking, the embracing yourself in nature out there, the the mountains, the lakes that are right around you. It was a different lifestyle that I really wanted to always try. And thankfully, radio took me out there. And, and that was with uh, Rogers. That was with uh Stan- FM rogers oh standard was, at the time standard radio then it turned to astral like the astral day I- and then oh, okay all right all right so you're out there with standard you leave so you take oh yeah yeah i guess you could call that a parallel move you know for evenings in uh K- kitchener cambridge waterloo to middays but you said on how many stations bunch of different stations right uh yeah i did a lot of st- it was like <clears throat> well yeah like 91 7 sun fm and penticton 106 
5.7 Sun FM in Vernon and then 99.9 in Kelowna. I'd have to export one break an hour yep. or two. Sure. Yeah. Local market. But I was uh, the whole time. Otherwise, it was always just today's best music mix, Sun FM. Because here we go. Yeah. 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 Hell, we, on, do, we, do it now on we do it now on fresh, man. It's good <laughs> in the evenings. <laughs> right. You know it. You know it. So and then the and then uh, and then I was my own competition at times. I was on AM. 1150, which was the oldie station in the building. Oh, as well. oh nice. Yes. So I would do midday sometimes tracked on that. <laughs> and, oh. uh, and then, yeah. And then, and then, and then I would, uh, yeah, I just kind of did that there. It was only, it was a one year stint. And then that's when, uh, thankfully Montreal came calling. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So you go out there for the year. Now, let me ask you a little bit before we get into that about family during that. Did you, did you have like a girlfriend or a wife or anything at that time? You're kind of single guy. Or you could do what you wanted or how did that? Well, work? so what happened was I was like, I was doing like a, a long distance relationship with, uh, with my girlfriend at the time, uh, who's yeah. now my wife. Uh, okay. she, she, I was like, I was almost like a, a VIP member on the, on the Greyhound for, for quite some time from 04 to 06. I would, cause when I was doing evenings in Kitchener, she was working in, in, in city of Vaughan. And so like, I would take, forth. Like, yeah, I would catch that last Greyhound on a Friday night sometimes after the evening show yeah. and hop on the bus and head back home for the weekend uh, in, in Vaughan. Uh, and then she would come up a couple weekends to, to Kitchener Waterloo nice. a couple. Times. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. And then you go out West. What does she do? What is she's your girlfriend at the time you go out West for a year? How's that must've been tough. That's a good. Big that was the, the uh, sort of like, okay, what the heck are we doing? Yeah. 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 And we, we ended up deciding like, that was sort of like the point where this is, this is, this is really serious. I end up proposing to her. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, this is. And so, uh, I remember still that it was, you know, it was on my, it was on my birthday on the staff Christmas party for standard radio out on this beautiful, uh, you know, uh, they had this, uh, it was standard had some party. good Christmas parties back in the day. <laughs> yeah, they did. And this one was like literally overlooking the lake and the mountains. And it was this resort where they had I... it at and everything was lined up. Like they gave us this suite for me that the, every, there was people in on it at work there. Oh, nice. They, they, they sectioned off a room so that I could, proposed there and then i we told people downstairs later and and that's where it all really happened there and uh and and that paved the way to uh like my wife was working online from out west from there for, with her company in toronto and southern ontario and then she and then we uh we spent the year in okay. Kelowna, oh, wow. and then after Kelowna, ended up going to montreal because it was the closer uh option to toronto that uh hopefully that like the, it was the company at the time that was helping to uh, help move an entire condo like three thousand miles back yeah, across. Yeah. So country. how does so how does Montreal happen? You end up you're a Montreal. We'll start by saying you are a Habs fan. Somehow, I mean, you know, I I won't I won't judge you by that. Yeah, uh, you are a Habs fan, and you know, you you know, part of your dream was to do BC. Obviously, Montreal holds a place in your heart. You're a year out in BC. Uh, you end up getting a job, a pretty good job, right? In uh, in Montreal. What's the job in Montreal? Montreal was was awesome. It was the evening evening show in Montreal, so a little bit bigger of a market than than Waterloo Region. Still standard, uh, right? Within the company. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So the day I left Kelowna, it was Astral, and then and then when I got to Montreal, it was Astral. So it was within the company yep. that I moved. So uh, so I end up. I remember how fast it was. You know how fast radio moves are, right? And can be. And I remember it was like on a a something like Saturday, the movers came to 
pack up all the entire boxes, uh, uh, the, the pack up the entire condo. And then, and this was awesome. We had like the movers, the official movers of the Montreal Alouettes. Apparently. <laughs> uh, they come in, they, they, they pack the entire condo. And then the next day they take my wife's car onto their, you know, big 18 wheeler truck, whatever they're doing. To whatever it is. And, yeah. then, and then on the Monday they come load everything. The entire condo is gone and, and it's empty. Monday night, I fly out back to Toronto and have a connecting flight to Montreal. Tuesday, I start on the air in Montreal. Amazing. It so, was, it was, whirlwind, go from yeah. uh, that big, uh, obviously a pay bump. Uh, you're in Montreal. You're doing evenings on, uh, not show mix. mix. It was Mix 96. Yeah, mix today's, 96. Best, yep. today's best music, Mix 96. Yeah, yep. Mix 96. Uh, Bob Harris is your boss. Yeah. Yeah. So who I've worked with and anybody who's uh, listened to my, me on either here or Toronto Mike or anything wouldn't know Bob Harris's name. Uh, yeah. Been involved with him a bunch of different times uh, because this is a, you know, I'm, I'm a podcast about change. I'm always, I'm always digging for the, like the mechanisms in which you dealt with so change, how you got changed, things. This is where, yeah. Like in Montreal, what changed then, which was incredible adding this to, my resume was I became the, along with the evening show came the duties of being the writer for the Mix 96 weekly top 30 countdown. So I would okay. write it specifically for the morning show weekly. Right, Cause they voiced it and you would do you. So you put I, it all to you. you, you yeah. I put it all, compiled it all together, told them which clip goes where. Uh, and, 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 you know, if it's not exactly their wording, how they want it, but I, I basically gave yeah. it, you know, gave the artist tidbits gave, um, and, and wrote it out for them in a template uh, uh, every week. It would take, you know, a good couple hours to do it and to, to know what was going to be where and how to, uh, how to compile it. Um, but it was, it, was, it was an amazing challenge that I loved to, to take on uh, when, I, when I went to Montreal, for sure. We uh, were, we were in Montreal for how long? That was, a, that was two years, and that was... I would have stayed longer, uh, for sure, but... Uh, Bob Harris knew I, I didn't move out for the job that ended up happening once. Uh, the astral it, thing happened. The astral thing started catching on with Ryan Seacrest. And as much as I look up to that guy, I'm always uh, like so annoyed when the, the amount of jobs that he's kind of stolen and not been able to allow other people to, to grow in a, he's taken full-time slots across different areas in the country. And so many people that could be, you know, grooming grounds or people can have a full-time job so they don't, uh, so that they don't have to look elsewhere outside the business. And, and there's some, so many talented people on the sidelines because uh, Ryan Seacrest is taking up all these spots, which listen, he's an incredible jock and he's an incredible everything, but there, there should be room for other, you know, maybe Winnipeg wants to hear something local maybe. And so what ended up happening was that, and, and Montreal, I remember they weren't really receptive to this, not just that it's like, okay, yeah, you got kicked to the curb a bit, but just in a sense of even just placing him in any type of full-time slot in Montreal at first, they didn't welcome it because it's like, they didn't want Hall. They don't want Mr. Hollywood in Montreal. They want Montreal. Tell me about the deli at Lester's the other day. And they, it's, it, it, they knew maybe it would probably work in Toronto, but they were very eh, iffy about Montreal, but they made it happen and it stuck. They, they did maneuver where he would go in the, in the day. He ended up moving to noon to three at some point. But at my point, when I was there, he took over 7 PM to 10 PM and my, my duties went all scattered. So I was very thankful to still be full time, but I would produce Seacrest seven to 10 PM 
be on, be on, but not be on air for those three hours. No, no, no. In those three hours, I was on the air twice an hour just to tee up what was, it was the weirdest thing. Cause as they were just introducing, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. they needed a tee up some kind of liner thing. So twice an hour, I would do that. And then I would be on a regular show. I would just do two hours, 10 PM to midnight. I was doing Sundays noon to four live on air and then writing the countdown still. So it was a little everywhere. I was chopping up the Seacrest show. And uh, so it wasn't really what I wanted to be doing, but I, I was grateful for the job. And then, and then Toronto came along after, uh, after that happened because Bob knew I didn't move there for that. And it happened so quickly. So before we moved to Toronto, let me ask how you dealt with the, uh, you know, having stuff taken away from you, duties changed. You've already kind of identified that, you know, you, again, not mental health issues, but it, things aren't feeling right at different points in your life. How did you deal with it? How, how, how did that all, all that feel? How did you deal with that change? Uh, just practicing acceptance and, and okay. gratitude for what you, what you do have instead of taking the negative route. Like that's just all I, I do. I know the only constant is change. And so, uh, you just kind of, I've always been someone that just kind of rolls with it, roll, roll with the punches. And, okay. um, yeah, my ego is a little damaged when that happened, but it's not sure. like I'm someone where it talks about, it's not like big yeah, I'm not, I've never had a big ego. I'm, I'm just saying it's more like the confidence of your ego gets shattered. Like, sure. it's like, uh, like I was just brought here. I love this city. I don't know. It doesn't feel right. What's going on. Yeah. That kind of like stuff. Um, and, and had that not happened, I probably would have been there a little longer, but I guess everything happens for a reason. And I just stayed positive. I stayed motivated somehow. I, I, I I'm one of those people that just I don't like trying to stay sorry about yourself. You gotta, you gotta keep moving. You gotta keep yeah. going and, and never stop uh, grinding away at your career. So I took it with a grain of salt. I said to myself, I'm still employed. I'm thankful to have benefits. I'm full-time. Will this last forever? Probably not. Just do the job and keep looking for something that's more you. So Toronto comes did. along and Toronto is also still within Astral. Toronto was uh, Toronto. You say you, so, you leave, so you leave Montreal. So you quit Montreal for a job with Rogers in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. And that was with kiss 92.5 or yeah. Kiss yeah. 92.5. I came back to kiss and, and then uh, yeah, when I went there, yeah. So I was essentially hired for, for uh, weekends and swing to come back on a full-time job. Like you're kind of doing more like some yeah. days were four days a week, some days, seven days in a yeah, row. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it was, and that was like a dream at that time because uh, my wife really wanted to, to go home, home, so to speak. Yeah, and, yeah. And at that point, she really missed it. I did too. You got a little emotional because when the, the contract gets signed and you're going home and then it's like, uh, we, I remember at that time because that's when Daughtry Home was being played the airplay yeah, on that yeah. song was a lot. I kept replaying it. I'm just like, wow, this is fascinating and, and it's emotional and I'm going home and I'm going to the station that... I started out at, at 16 years old as an intern now that it's returning again. And now I'm going to be one of the launch staff on air personalities. It, it was literally like a full circle dream come true at that point. So, preach, was, uh, so preach MFM, you were with uh, kiss 92.5 when they first went top 40. Is that what you're saying? Like, yeah. When they first went top 40 back after, in like, after country. They, uh, yeah. 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 So like early 2000, you know, early two thousands there. Oh, cool! Like, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, we didn't really talk about that. So yeah, so sorry, I was interning there at, while I was also in radio school. I apologize. Oh, cool. 
Nice. Yeah. So I was, yeah. So I came back full circle and, 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 and ended up doing full time there. And, uh, the rest is a, is quite the law. I don't know. If you want, I, I was going to say, I don't, yeah, I don't know. If, you don't need to know the rest. I well, mean, listen, there's a lot uh, of bouncing I, around, right? Like, yeah. Then things start happening and, and I'll be completely honest with you. I go over this entirely. I the book, get yeah. vivid in the book in chapter five and uh, which is radio. And I literally have wrote, written it out reflecting line by line. Years. Yeah. In chapter five, I talk about some of the ups and downs, the struggles, uh, the, the, the tenacity to, to still stay on your feet and get knocked down seven, whatever it is, get knocked down nine times, stand up 10. That's what I really get talk about and, and get vivid about in, in chapter five radio. And, and, um, I guess what I want the book to more so be about is, is that this is like a lot of people might think, you know, when it gets, when I talk about it and I, I might do some posts, which I haven't even gotten nearly yet to what I want to do with talking about this book. This is beyond radio i'm saying like beyond the mic like here if i can just show it to you here there like you if you yes. picture that face being robin williams and he got to say so this is the change we're talking about the real change Ro taking radio away for a second here beyond the mic so that face being robin williams if he got to say a little bit more about what was eating at him before he sadly did what he did and i think we've all had those thoughts before where you're uh and so I felt like throughout the pandemic, uh, therapeutic writing was the was the best thing for me. I, I just felt so compelled to write and I had so much to write about and radio was only a small part of it. Like it's a long right. chapter, but the, the other ones are not, and it's not like a book that's like me, me, me. It's uh, going in this direction to tell you about it. It's, it's a book that is I, I try and practice peace and purpose daily. If he, there's another great author, uh, Jay Shetty, I have to, I still have to get this book that he's, that he's come out with, but I, I know he's, uh, he's probably sold millions of books, uh, which is called uh, think like a monk. So, and practicing peace and purpose daily and figuring out, yes, you have self care that you take care of yourself, but why are we really here that a life is not valuable only in the way it, it, it shapes others and how you how you positively influence others and so that's what I really took upon when I was writing this is like yes you, and it's just things like where you'll find you'll be like oh my gosh I never knew Rob that happened in Rob's life but here's how he managed it here's how he dealt with the situation there's some tools and tips that'll be like well maybe I can use that towards my life I remember writing a chapter specifically about uh, anti-semitism in America and how that is a huge problem. But I wrote that while the George Floyd thing was going on. And I was very interesting because one of my close friends when I went to play on a partial baseball scholarship uh, in the US was, was a black fellow. And we were the minorities in the school. We were in uh, the middle of Iowa and it, 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 very Bible belt, I guess, kind of town. I don't know how to say it. Is that right? Like uh, it's, there's a very, very Christianity. It's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying it's, 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 it is what it is. There's a, it's Mormon. There's a lot of uh, Christianity, and and we were the uh, minority. And so he and and I, I get vivid about what happened out there. So I, there's a chapter on that about uh, how I was basically harassed for being Jewish for for four months, and some of the really vulgarness that I just sort of lived through and took took it as as what it was because it was my dream to go play baseball in the U S and then it got 
tarnished and ruined by being a freshman there. It's like you're always you're you're you're, you're taking the bags, you're you're taking the uh, the seniors' bags, and 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 being a freshman, you 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 sort of be the grounds crew, and there's 30 guys on a team. You're not going to be a starter right away, and but and that I respected, but the I get vivid into what actually happened there in terms of being discriminated against for being for being Jewish. So and and it's and it was really so I give people that that intake because beyond the mic, anytime I've been on a mic for 20 years, it's always been that let's, you know, let's where's the party at tonight? Where which club are we live to air? Yeah, it's we're the escape from the real news. And so this is giving you that thing of things you didn't know I actually deal with and uh but here's how i can help it's not like oh poor me but i want to say oh did you know that rob can actually only live his life now if he takes certain medications for chronic pain and he's literally it, it, it might have to take opioids if he didn't have to have his medication for chronic pain and i i do a whole chapter on chronic pain how can you manage certain types of chronic pain and i talk about that and 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 so this is beyond top 40 music beyond pop culture it's just getting real with what and uncomfortable with uh being comfortable with being uncomfortable and and so there, if i look through a, you know a couple more chapters i the one that and we talked about this earlier in the podcast when did you really notice you had the anxiety and and the and the these thoughts racing thoughts and stuff where I really learned about it and became a full student of it was probably in Montreal. And that's, and that's going back to 2008, 2009, and, and really knowing what that meant, that whole, okay, whatever the statistic is, one in five people uh, struggle with a mental illness or have had some sort of a mental illness. Like we all talk about mental health, but we don't, we don't say what, what are the things? So I, I literally trace back to what happened. This is what you're feeling. These are the connections, the chapters, anxiety, obsession, and depression. And so we've learned this, especially through COVID-19 of how these all connect the anxiety being the negative anticipation towards the future and how that connects. So what do you have to do? You have to wash your hands a million times because we're so afraid. We don't know if we have COVID. I don't know what's good. That's the negative anticipation towards the future. And so the book is to bring awareness to people that may not know what they're going through. Me writing to my 19-year-old self and or anybody that just does, it's, could have an illness and they don't know what it is they're experiencing. So the anxiety leads to the obsessional behaviors and the obsessional thoughts. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I have COVID. I sh did I have soap on this hand? I'm going to, oh, I, I bit my nail. I was biting my nails on the drive to the grocery store. Did I use sanitizer? Oh my gosh, do I run back to the car? Do I check the key? So I really get vivid into where that started with me. And, and here's how you manage it. And here's what you should be doing in your day. If you practice awareness, if you do some meditation and other things that I do suggest in that chapter, and then it leads how that all connects going back to again, anxiety, obsession, depression, depression being all those things that happen to you cause some parts of depression. It may not be a full out depression, but there, there is depressed mood there's. And so I've learned about this and become a student of it definitely over the last 12 years. So it, it me as a, uh, as a person or a human and ask, why am I here other than to yes, self care yourself, but to influence others positively 
that's what this this book is about and it's kind of like that's why that picture on the on the front cover is kind of like oh well what is beyond the mic but some people who might just be scrolling quickly might say oh well it's just rob talking about his radio life and this going no this is to there's one chapter on that and that's it only this is to here's how you help your life with intermittent fasting here's how you help your life by managing your thoughts and emotions uh when i was faced with a horrible decision of having to either go to my cousin's funeral or not i, I read a chapter called should i stay or should i go a COVID 19 confession and people that struggle with anxiety and you probably can know that have a difficult time making decisions when they're so either pressed for time or they they just don't know what the right thing is to do and that's getting so this book is about getting vulnerable very vulnerable and talking about things that we need to talk about when we say mental health but we don't get into it and uh that's what about and so and i really feel like um the intermittent fasting chapter that can help a so many people if you unless if you include it in your life daily uh, it's not just for weight management, there's mental health uh, additions to it as well to help manage your mental health. And uh, so it's all these chapters connect. I've, there's the, the chronic pain, which has led me to my lifestyle of, of, of intermittent fasting, because I used to be a high intensity cycler, I can't lose that weight anymore. So I, I use intermittent fasting as a tool for weight management. It's not a miracle worker. You can lose 10 pounds on it and sort of plateau if you do high intensity exercise and eat the right foods. But I get into all that and I get into how it was introduced to me. Um, some people get so caught up in like they have to do something or a diet or this and that. But I really get into vivid about who it was that introduced me to it and how I've been on it uh, doing this lifestyle since 2016. And, it, you know, it's kind of like, hey, Rob, uh, have you ever, have you ever heard of intermittent fasting? You should, you should try it sometimes, you know, it's, especially if you're doing cycling, try it, try it for a week, try it for a month, get back to me. If you don't, if you don't like it, come back to me and, and go back to doing what you were doing before. It's all good. And, um, and I just tried it and I, and like me with any of my sort of, when I start liking things, I, I get, have that little bit of obsession to it. I've, I've taken it to the furthest extent you could really go when it comes to, uh, fasting and consulting with my doctor and trying to figure out what's the right way. So I reveal what I, in the book, what I currently do, my regimen, and, uh, and, and here's how, if you want to try it out here, and here's how it could benefit you kind of thing. So um, to me, the book is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm just satisfied because it, it's to help others. And if it can help, that's like the icing on the cake. Obviously, I want it, it was, I'll be completely honest with you that the therapeutic part is, it was me being, it was the selfish part is the therapeutic of 15 to 16 months of writing, because that was the best part. Now I'm a little overwhelmed because it's, you're in this promotional thing and I have to do that because it costs a lot of money to put the book together, but that's what people don't realize. And so, but the icing on the cake is that if it helps others, that's, that's what I wanted to do, that it's actually impacting lives in a positive way. And, and you learn about a little bit about my story at the same time from experience to, to help others. That's what I, I, I wanted it to do. And, um, and so now it's, yeah, it's just been, uh, so hopefully, you know, positively re receptive. It's, uh, uh, 
but it was definitely a challenge I approached as I don't know if I can do this. And that's part of like, oh, we know Rob is like, you know, he's, he's good at what he does, but he'll never, I'll never have that ego. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to kill this guy in the, in the afternoon drive show in terms of no, like his ratings are bigger than his. And I'm going to make sure my next round of ratings is going to be bigger than his. I never approach anything like that. It's like, so when people ask me, oh, is there going to be a beyond the mic part two? (laughs) And I'm like, I have no idea because even when I did this, I would, I, it's kind of like hunkering down. Yeah. That's what you have to do with your projects. You can't like say, I'm going to do all this. And you know that you're going to, you don't, especially with writing. I'd write at three in the morning. Sometimes I'd write at 5am, stay up until 2am. And sometimes the vivid writing thoughts come to you. Sometimes they don't. And, and you don't know if you're going to get that pen to paper feeling that is really impactful every single time you write. So when I kept doing it, I would just try and collect the chapters. And if I had enough, I'd be like, okay, maybe this is something I'll release to the world. Well, it certainly sounds like we, uh, the book and even and today's episode, we really just scratched the surface. And I appreciate you being so forthcoming and uh, and honest about your journey through all the changes in your life. And uh, uh, I will remind people that the name of the book is Beyond the Mic. Where can they get it? Okay, so Beyond the Mic, you can get it in both uh, ebook and uh, paperback at Amazon.ca, Amazon.com. Essentially, any. Amazon platform, it'll be available in the in the ebook or uh, or paperback. I'm I'm doing my best to try and I have to try and see if I can get it into a, a store in the GTA. Yeah. Or something, but that would be that would be pretty rad. I mean, I I know a a local barber shop in Barrie, Ontario's carrying it, and then uh, you know some uh, it's been some local receptors. Sure. Yeah, a little grassroots, like, little grassroots. Uh, um, uh, yeah, but trying to get it into some some store would be a goal, but. Uh, uh, essentially, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to to speak about it, and you've been uh, very uh, welcoming about that. So, so thank you. For Happy to help out. You know, giving me the platform for the, sure. Uh, again, it's just chapter five, and it's just a little slice of who you are. But you are on air week uh, weekends on Z103. Z103 dot com. Z1035 is the place. Are you right. on the air anywhere else? Are you still doing stuff out in Kitchener? Or? No. no, so it's a, so I'm just so Z1035 Saturdays, Sundays, uh, and and filling in during the week uh, when they need me. I just did an uh, eleven days in a row at the beginning of October. But hey, it's it's what do that's they call what, it? Now? That's what it's so all like, about. <laughs> Easter famine sometimes in this business, right? And, that's and you right. just gotta take what you can get and just be grateful. And uh, and so I do a little bit of that, the writing thing, uh, and doing PA work. I, I have this passion, huge passion for OHL and junior hockey and any kinds of baseball to be around the, those games still, if you can incorporate your, your passion still like baseball and hockey and, and do what you love. So I do the, the public address announcing for an Ontario junior hockey league team for the Aurora Tigers. And the guy that owns the, the franchise is a former NHLer himself, uh, Jim Thompson. And uh, he's been nice enough to give me that opportunity to be their, their home PA guy. That's great. That's a lot of fun. I'm uh, I'm involved with the Kingston Frontenacs with my uh, stations in uh, Kingston and, love and, it, love and it. my wife's cousin, I believe his, uh, is uh, probably one of the best. I think he his number. I don't know if it's retired, but it might be in the rafters for the Aurora Tigers. Is uh, he was a uh, one of their best goalies of all time. Uh, we'll talk we'll talk about that off air if you like. Yeah. Rob Daniels, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, again, uh, beyond the mic, check it out on Amazon. And uh, obviously, you can hear Rob on Z one hundred and three. Used to be dot five. Z one hundred and three dot five. We gotta stop making sense. This has been Bob's Basement. Thanks for listening. Thanks. That's the way it is. For more information, email Bob 
at bobwillette at gmail.com. That's Bob Willette, like Gillette with a W. Follow Bob on Twitter at Bob Willette. Bob's Basement is available where you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time. Well, that's the way it is.